Hi, this is Heidi, and this is Parent Town, a podcast where we explore stories of parenting in hopes that they can connect us and maybe make the world a little easier to understand. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Parent Town. This is Heidi. If you are a new listener, I want to welcome you and explain that Parent Town was created with one idea in mind, and that's the power of story and sharing those stories with each other in the hope that we feel less alone and also gets us thinking and questioning and engaging with one another. You don't have to be currently raising humans to listen to us. We have all been parented one way or another, and I think there is something in our podcast for everyone to take away. In this special podcast, I interview my 15-year-old Mimi on her thoughts and experiences of being a teenager in this time of COVID. As usual, I'm always learning from Mimi, and I hope you can take a moment to listen to her as well. Young people have so much to teach us. Here's her story. Hi, my name is Mimi. I am 15 years old. I live in St. Paul, and I'm a freshman, soon to be a sophomore. Hi, Mimi. I know you pretty well. Thank you for letting me interview you about what is happening in the world today. I think that young people today uh, have an interesting perspective on what's going on, and I would just love your your views on a couple things. So to start out with, um, you and I were kind of chatting before I started recording, and we were talking about different topics and about like your friends and about what you guys are talking about, and like just diving into this, what do you think about distance learning? And I know that you can only speak for yourself, but I know a lot of kids around the world are, are trying to do this. And what are your feelings about it? Yeah, so I'm very lucky and very privileged because I go to a private school. And so even before distance learning, each student at my school, um, we all have access to a laptop that mm-hmm. is given to us through the school. And so the transition for me was actually, it was pretty smooth technically, like technology-wise. I know for a lot of kids that's something that's difficult is getting used to using their own personal computers and devices for schoolwork if their school doesn't offer them any resources. I think the biggest transition has been for the teachers, especially since uh, my school has started using Google Classroom as its primary resource compared to before when we used a different program. So I think that has been a huge transition for our teachers especially. And then with the teachers transitioning, that causes the students to, you know, have some difficulty transitioning as well. Yeah, I don't know. For me personally, it's just been getting used to the schedule and like Mm -hmm. not having to get ready to go anywhere. Yeah. Because, I mean, I still have to wake up at like 8, 7.30 in the morning to, I guess, go to class. Right. But at that same time, when I'm getting ready, I realize that all people are going to see is, like, my face and my shoulders. Sure. So a lot of the time, you know, I'll just wear, like, pajama shorts or mm-hmm. I won't even put pants on. Awesome. Um, yeah. And Optional. it's really great. Optional. Exactly. Yeah. 
not to interrupt you, but that kind of brings me to my next question is sort of this new normal for you. What have you learned about yourself and maybe something that has surprised you about yourself during this time? Yeah. So I think the main thing that I've realized is that if I know that no one's going to see me, it's very easy for me to stop caring what I look like and how I <laughs> how I really, you know, <laughs> take care of myself on the outside. So yeah, I feel like that's a big part is I've realized, you know, a couple times over the past few months, like, oh, you know, like I haven't showered in two weeks or I, you know, forgot to brush my teeth for three days in a row, something like that, which sounds really gross, but you know, it's just how things are. I also don't think that you're alone in that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's nice to know too, is I'll talk to my friends about it and they'll be like, oh yeah, totally. Like I have completely given up on that form of self-care and focus more on how I'm doing mentally. Mm. Um, But what do you and your friends talk about that when you talk about, like, how are you doing mentally? I know that, like, with keeping in touch with each other and checking in mm -hmm. and social media, is the use of that a pro or a con? Like, dive a little more into that. Yeah, so my friends and I, we are all very candid and very open about our struggles with anxiety and depression, especially. Um, All of my friends are not... Uh, neurotypical in the sense that they all struggle with some sort of mental health issue. And so, you know, the pandemic certainly hasn't helped with any of that. Uh, So I think social media for us personally, I know people older than us really like to villainize social media. And I totally understand that to an extent because I know, I mean, even I firsthand have experienced the downsides to it, such as like body image issues, you know, like, you know, just seeing all the pretty people and Mm -hmm. feeling bad about yourself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like the amount of connection that social media has provided for us um, and the ability to share online too, as well, uh, has been really great. Like with FaceTime and then also Instagram, like being able to just share stuff like that. And a lot of my friends have spam accounts, which Mm -hmm. they sort of use as a way to vent and almost like a form of therapy too, Mm. since they can't really be in touch with their therapist as much. I know it sounds really weird to be using like a social media page as a form of therapy, but mm-hmm. yeah, it provides an outlet for them to vent and it's really great. Uh, I love that though. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's maybe one thing we're learning is as a society, we're thinking outside of the box. We have to be creative with what we're doing and how we provide resources and how we are in touch with other humans and what's kind of a priority and what's a less priority. What do you feel like that you are missing out on right now? So I'm a freshman. So as far as school goes, I'm not really missing out on much just because, you know, the big transition that I'm making this year is just making it to sophomore year, which isn't really that big of a deal Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. I think the biggest loss for me, at least school-wise, is not being able to see all my friends as well as, you know, I have a couple friends who are seniors and not being able to see them before they go off to college Mm -hmm. is kind of hard. We've been able to keep in touch, though, which is really great. And once again, like social media, super, super awesome for that. I also feel like missing out wise, I really enjoyed all of my classes and all my teachers this year. And just to know that I don't have the opportunity to live out the same schedule and get to see my teachers in person every day has been pretty difficult. And the same goes for clubs. So I'm in a club that's like really great for me because it's a bunch of my friends and I and a teacher that I really enjoy spending time with just hanging out um, and doing things that we enjoy, like comedy related. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like not being able to do that in person, especially since the club is about comedy and a lot of that for us is like, you know, in person, Mm -hmm. uh, has been kind of difficult, but I feel like just for me personally, I, I know that I'm missing out on things, but at the same time, I feel like the transition that I've been able to make has been okay. Like Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've been okay. Okay. What kind of advice would you give other 15 year olds who might be struggling right now? My advice personally, and this sounds like really harsh, but stop seeing your friends. I know that it's really hard, um, especially if you're someone who relies on, you know, social Oh, stop seeing them like physically. Yeah, stop seeing them physically, especially with the, you know, walls like making it so that people can start meeting Mm -hmm. up on social media. There's been uh, definitely a significant amount of people that have started to see each other in person again, you know, like without masks, without Mm -hmm. social distancing. And, you know, I, I get it. I definitely relate to it to some extent because I would I would absolutely love to see all my of course. friends in person and be able to hug them and just, you know, say hi and see their faces. But at the same time, I know that when you do that, and even if you know that, like, your family is social distancing, like, you haven't come in contact with anyone, you don't really know that for sure. And also when you're outside, like, in public, you have no idea, like, what's going on in the air around you. Mm-hmm. Like, There are billions of other people breathing that same air. Yeah. That's a topic, too, that it's just hard. Teenagers want to be around their friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying people in general, but it's especially harder, I think, for teenagers. And that's great advice because I feel like I certainly am seeing more young people not necessarily Mm -mm. trying very hard. (laughs) Like, somebody that is struggling, would you say, okay find somebody to talk to or write down stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just talk about mental health. Yeah, exactly. So reach out to your friends, like virtually. Yeah. Reach out to your friends virtually, but also at the same time, realize that you don't need to be in contact with them every single moment of every day. Um, that's something that I've had to learn how to deal with and struggle with in a sense, because my friend group, were very close. We're very connected, which is wonderful. And I love them all immensely, but At the same time, there's definitely friends who really want to stay in touch in the sense where we're on a FaceTime call, you know, all day, every day, no matter what, which in theory is awesome. But after a while, I get really fatigued Uh by screens and by like FaceTime and Zoom calls. And the same goes for like when I can still see them in person. I'm someone who's, I'm a social person, but at the same time, I really enjoy my alone time. Yes. And the same thing goes for digitally, like I love my friends, again, but there's only so long that I can see them, even if it's on a computer screen. That's something that I've learned about myself is I am having a hard time, like, doing more than, like, one Zoom meeting a day. There was real fatigue. It's harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, And I think that's something that we're learning. I want to ask you kind of more of a global question here, Mm -hmm. your perspective. So what do you think the lessons are that we are hopefully learning from this pandemic? I think there's a lot. I think a big one for me is since like forever, uh, older generations have been putting a lot of pressure on younger generations to be the ones that save them. And the same situation goes for everything. It happens with, you know, the March for Our Lives movement, with other social justice movements like that. But then also with the global pandemic, I've been seeing people putting this pressure on my generation to behave a lot like the greatest generation or other, you know, 
groups of people that have had to live through a global event like this, which is understandable. And I get that there is a pattern in there that people would like to enforce because, you know, the greatest generation did some great things. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, especially with so much change has happened that people need to understand that we as young people have a different way of coping with these scenarios than other people did, uh-huh. you know, a hundred years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. And then also I feel like people are realizing just how massive a mistake, like what the consequences are from a small mistake. So for example, you know, getting rid of the pandemic task force in hindsight sure that might have you know been helpful in saving a few bucks in a way but at the same time like you have to realize there is a reason why people prepare for things Mm -hmm. and why there are things in place Mm -hmm. and I really hope that it opens people's eyes especially to people who weren't directly impacted by our country's political scenario so Mm -hmm. you know people like you and me who are fairly privileged in our race and socioeconomic status just to recognize like we too can be directly impacted by those in power uh, when it comes to our health, when it comes to our overall well-being, when it comes to the economy, mm-hmm. all those things. And I really hope it opens those people's eyes up to, mm-hmm. you know, just what an impact they can have on the world. One last question. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you are afraid of when it comes to what's going on? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. They're, literally everything terrifies me. Um, I mean, like, getting sick, mm-hmm. uh, my friends getting sick, my family getting sick, especially. I think I'm really scared that my future isn't going to pan out the way that I've always thought it would, no. which sounds, like, not selfish, but, you know, I'm someone who has always really relied on a plan about what they want to do. Like, I'm somebody who plans ahead. I have an image in my mind of what Mm -hmm. I want to happen, and I will do everything in my power to make that happen. But just knowing that there's, like, this looming force that could easily derail, like, Mm. everything, you know, I want in life is really, really terrifying. Do you feel like that's, like, a personality trait that you've had to recognize? Like, oh, okay, I'm clearly like this, and and this is something that I recognize in myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's definitely made me reflect on, like, what I want to do with my life. because, And I feel the same thing goes for a lot of other people. Yeah. Because it's either it's either really discouraging people from becoming essential workers, like doctors, because they don't want to, you know, have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Or it's encouraged people to take up those positions. For me, personally, it's done both. I don't know. I feel like being an essential worker would be awesome, just knowing that I could you know, help people and, you know, save people's lives in a sense. Um, But also just knowing that my work could be so easily impacted by stuff that I really have no control over, like politicians, Uh like really um, angers me. Uh, So yeah, I feel like I personally have sort of had to reflect on like what my goals and dreams are Uh and how they relate to the community around me. And not to bring back the whole, like, your generation thing. Yeah. But, but I guess it's just because, you know, we live in the same house and we've had this discussion a lot. And I'm interested to see, just from a totally personal, selfish view, how this will impact your generation's choice of work, right? Like, in the next 10 yeah. years, like, what are we going to look like? Because someday 
sooner than later, you guys are going to be in the workforce. Mm -hmm. And I just am very interested in how this will impact your choices as far as young people are concerned. And that's, that's actually been a big topic that I've paid attention to recently. Like even before the pandemic happened, um, there's been a lot of talk in the world about changing how we view a workday and how we treat mm-hmm. our workers, especially when it comes to office jobs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is definitely going to be a huge catalyst for how we change the way that we think about work. So, you know, like getting rid of the 10-hour workday, mm-hmm. um, you know, changing up shifts, how we work in cubicles and offices. Like, for example, Twitter um, has announced that they are planning to, even once the pandemic is over, they're employees can totally work from home yeah. that works better for them and I think that is honestly awesome like I don't agree with big corporations like Twitter on a lot of things but them acknowledging that mm-hmm. they have need to adapt is mm-hmm. really awesome and really needed I feel like hopefully there's a level of humanity mm-hmm. you know within those choices what's best for people at the same time I feel like it's also I don't know if this is just like my personal catered experience, especially when it comes to social media and like algorithms and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, there's been a lot more talk within my generation about, you know, how, (laughs) how angry um, big companies make us feel, especially with like the whole empathetic, like, ad campaigns like we're all in this together and it's like stock yeah it's like stock footage of essential workers working it's like not even their own and at the end it's like buy our cream cheese exactly it's like something so stupid like that and I feel like it's really woken us up to just how flawed our system is and I saw an article earlier today or maybe even yesterday that like big like company owners have made billions of dollars over the past two months while you know millions of people are out of a job yeah and you know even for kids my age who are just now entering the workforce and mm-hmm. now like can't really even do that because of the pandemic wow. um I don't know I feel like it's gonna there's the whole like eat the rich campaign you know yeah that's going on and while it is you know a joke to an extent I feel like there is going to be a lot more um anti-capitalist sentiment in the future. It's going to be interesting. Well, I I appreciate you as always and your view and your perspective on life in general. Thank you for talking to your mom about this. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Parent Town. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and share us with your community. We really appreciate it. You can also subscribe, listen, and comment to Parent Town where you listen to all your podcasts. Giving us a rating on iTunes really, really helps us get to the top of the podcast list and it makes it really easy for people to find us. If you have an idea for a show, we would love to hear from you. Thank you to Greg Ward at Studio Arcade and to Park States for our theme music. Thank you for listening. I'm Heidi and this is